We are now back at the Weekly Pass. I'm Bonnie Jo Laughlin, joined by my co-host, Adam Copeland. And we are now joined by my good friend, the playmaker, Michael Irvin. Five straight Pro Bowls, three-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Fame class in 2007. Me and my dad actually went to that, Copes. And then I think the hardest working man in the NFL, Michael, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate you guys having me. Now, it was funny when you talk about the hardest working man. I have people that always say, when I say, ah, I travel four or five days a week, you know, going around working. I said, but your job is watching football games. That's not really work. That's watching football games. I said, this is work. That is absolutely work. But it is work that I happen to enjoy. And you pride yourself on that. When you're playing, I mean, you were the hardest working. I mean, I saw it firsthand. You know, you would be there early. You would stay late. And now you've kind of translated that into your career postseason, post-career. And and people have to understand. That's why I say for all athletes, it's amazing how the number of athletes that that, that have a problem or don't have an ability, as they would think, to transition into another world. You have all the traits, you know. They, they've had to work hard in the NFL. They, they've had to deal with adversity in the NFL. You know, you had a certain schedule. All of those things are exactly what you have to do in any other world. You just got to find something else you love and transition it that way. To that degree, Bonnie, Adam, let me tell you, I, I, I have a vocal coach. You know that, Bonnie. I got a vocal yep. coach. I, I study not just not just how to communicate, but how people receive communication. So it was well, I want to study what I'm doing, how I deliver it, but also how you receive it, because communication takes two parts. It's what one says and how one receives. So you want to make sure I get the whole gamut. I'm trying to break it down like I broke down that slant route, like I broke down that out route, like I absolutely got to the Super Bowl. I want the same results over here, so I'm putting in the same things in this world. Now, Michael, you are the face of the NFL Network and also inside the NFL, so we're going to get right into stuff that you know about. Antonio Brown, the drama from the feet to the helmet to Mayock, being released by the Raiders and now with the Patriots and now the recent allegations. I mean, what could you, if you could text him or call him, what advice would you give him at this point? Because there's so much that's going on and maybe just kind of break down this whole drama soap opera. Yeah, well, well, right. And and first of all, you know, we we talked about this on on a number of shows that I'm on and we were talking about it. And I said, uh, when, when it went to the Mayock situation, when it went to the Mayock situation, I said, there's something here. And, and they, they, talk, they came to me on TV. I said, you know, when I first started seeing some of this, part of it was comical. But now it's really getting concerning. There, I said, there was something going on with Antonio Brown that we do not know. There was something going on because he's had eight, eight years in, in, in Pittsburgh that we really didn't hear of any of all of this. But over the last, what, seven, eight months, mm-hmm. a year, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. And I said to myself, there's something going on. That was before all of these stuff came out, all of the allegations have come out. Now, once the allegations came out, I said, okay, this is what it was. I watch Criminal Mind a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I'm always studying these behavior analyst, behavior analysis, the behavior analysis unit, the BAU. And what they always talk about, and, and certainly, you know, not, not, a, not equating him to a criminal, but I'm just saying what they always talk about is what was the stressor that uh, made the else going on turn and started doing certain things. And yeah. I'm telling you, because I, I, I just know, I know firsthand experience, the stress that brings this kind of things bring about. And I said to myself when it came down, I said, this was the stressor. 
this is what it was. He was dealing with all of this. This is what happened to Oakland right here, what he's dealing with right now. And it's just it's just a sad situation. Well, Michael, everything you're saying, I think it, it rings true in, in every profession, not just in the NFL with guys, but especially at this level where everything is heightened, all the attention is on you. He is maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL skill-wise. I wonder, how much of an effect does this hurt him on the field? Like, is he able to focus? Did, did off-field troubles hurt you in the NFL, or were you able to say, oh I can God. differentiate and compartmentalize? No, 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 no. Trust me. It weighs on you. It weighs because it's weighing on you mentally. And the game is so much mental. We like to think the game is about shoulders down, but the game is really played shoulders up. And if you mm-hmm. can't focus, if you can't focus on the little things and doing the little things, any, there's, only, there's only so much brain equity that you have. The pie is only so much. You, you, you can only put focus on, on this area or focus on that area. And when things come in that, 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 that saps all of your brain equity, and you have to focus on that, then what you get is people snapping, people being short with other people because their minds aren't into everything. They're so, they're, they're so focused on this certain thing, and I'm telling you that's exactly what was going on with Antonio Brown. And he was snapping. He was feisty with everybody because of the pressure. It's like being squeezed from both sides. They want to know what you're doing in football. Are you going to play? And then these situations that he's dealing with, he's being squeezed from one to both sides. And if you squeeze anything from both sides, what happens? It pops. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I believe happened. Yeah, because you're right, cause starting in June, I think, is when this was start when he'd already knew that she may file something. So he's had to deal with this all summer. Right. And, 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 they, and that's about the time that we, that, that, that we heard, okay, now he's going over to Oakland and all of this stuff. It, it, it's all pretty, pretty amazing when you talk about it and think about it. it it's sad that these situations, that, 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 and it's sad for both. It's sad certainly for, for the alleged victim and for the, the, the alleged you know, accuser. It's just sad to be in this situation right now. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a difficult spot for everyone. But I wonder, outside of Antonio Brown, like if you're the Oakland Raiders and you're a teammate of his, you got to feel like this is a big relief. Now he's in the Patriots and some of them acting like they're excited. I'm not sure how much contact they've totally had Brady with him included. outside of practice. Brady <laughs> included. But I wonder how much this stuff relative to like an Ezekiel Elliott holdout, like does that stuff affect the team as well as off-the-field drama? Well, ultra drama, but, but but in different ways. Like the Ezekiel Elliott holdout, uh, there are two things, you know, that's he, 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 business. That's part of the business of the NFL. That's business. Guys guys won't hold that against you uh, because you're holding out, and they know, hey, listen, one day I'm going to have to fight. I remember I was holding out, and, and, and Jimmy Johnson came to, was talking to me. He said, Mike, he said, Mike, do what you have to do. He said, I'm not holding anything against you. You, you. you know, your spot's here when you get back. Of course, you should be coaching. One of the best receivers in the NFL, but don't worry about that. But, but anyway. But anyway he has to throw know, that in. Right, right, right. He was, but he, he was trying to give me some peace about it. But what I did take, he said this was the last thing. He said, we're all going to be in this situation. I'm going to have to negotiate also. So just do what you have to do. So guys understand that. We all may be in this situation when it comes to negotiation. But that's why also a couple of months ago when, when, when they got on Baker Mayfield about Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson came to camp but didn't want to be there. And Baker said, you either all in or all out. And everybody got on Baker, oh, you don't put your mouth on people, don't say that about your teammates. I was like, no, 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 he's not right. He's not wrong there. He is right. 
if, if you're going to stay out because you're unhappy, stay out. But once you come to camp, now you involve me. If you're staying out, I can't get mad at you. I can't get mad at you because you have to do your business. But if you come to camp and you're grumpy and you don't want to be here, now you're bringing the people down that are here. Now that's a different situation. And we're trying to put something together. I have to say something to that. I have to either go to him and say, man, we need you to make a decision. If you don't want to be here, tell him you don't want to be here. And then don't come. But if you come, I need you to give us all you have because we're trying to build a team. I don't, I don't want to stop you from getting what you're getting, but I need to make sure we're not stopped from getting where we're trying to go. Now, Michael, one more about A.B. before we move on. How is Bill Belichick and the Patriots going to deal with this? I mean, because I know you know the organization as well over there. Like, what – I mean, how are they going to deal with the situation? There were times where people thought this was a strategic move by A.B. that he eventually wanted to be with the Patriots. You think it's a good decision, or now do you think there are regrets on the Patriots' side? No, A.B. didn't orchestrate any of this. Nobody orchestrates their way out of $30 million guaranteed. And they're stopping people. Let's stop it. I mean, I know we all love these conspiracy theories and this conspiracy theory. And and and, and A B he he puts he, he just sprinkle uh candy all over the cake with that. I'm playing I'm when he posts all this stuff, I'm playing chess while everybody else playing checkers. Like stop it, A B. You didn't plot this. You fell into it. You fell into it and now you fell you happen to have fallen into a better situation. When, and, and so now you want to act like you directed yourself towards this situation. Just, 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 you know what I mean? It's just not true. It's not true. But but now Pittsburgh, he, he was the boss because he was the number one receiver. In, in Oakland, when he goes to Oakland, he felt like he's the savior. I came to save y'all franchise. I came to save y'all. y'all. But in New England, hey, dude, dude, dude you, you, you just, hey, come on over here and fit in where you can get in because you're one of the crew. You know how many Super Bowls we've already won. So so now you better get in with it if you want to win a Super Bowl because if you don't, we're going to we'll, we'll ultimately get rid of you and go ahead and win that Super Bowl. Let me tell you why it's different, too, that New England has them. Every other team in the league feels they have to answer all of these questions to the big, bad media. And they'll stand there and they'll elaborate on things. And, of course, that's what we do. We'll grab it and make it another issue. Well, so-and-so so so said this. So-and-so said this. Belichick ain't giving you nothing. Nothing. Hey, uh, Belichick, are you going to use Brown? Yeah. He's playing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with him? Play him? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's yeah, it. we know. There, yeah. there, 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 there's nothing else you can take to try to make another story out of it because that's all he's, he's so good at you. it. He's so good. And then he doesn't even, you know, most people, if they talk to you like that, they feel bad that they're talking to you like that. They want to give you some more information to at least act like they're engaged. Belichick doesn't crack a <laughs> smile and it doesn't bother him one bit. It, it, it takes something to master that style of communication that he has mastered, and he has mastered it well. Well, it's incredible. I mean, top to bottom, you're right. That organization has been doing it for 20 years now, making sure that, that every, I mean, we were joking today, uh, uh, this afternoon, before we got going with the, on the podcast with you, that they got leaks in the White House that they don't have in the in the, uh, the Patriots <laughs> locker room, right? Right, right. They don't play it. They don't play it. And, and even on the field, you know, Antonio Brown does. He likes to freelance. He likes to freelance right. sometimes, and 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 in his route running, that's what kind of started the problem with him and Ben. You remember Ben said he 
should have come kept coming across on that route flat and and he went up the field being through it, it became an interception then being made the statement and I understand now uh, everything Antonio Brown did I said, what is he doing what is he doing but the one thing I do understand is when Big Ben came out and said I should have thrown all four downs to Juju Smith oh oh wait a minute boy boy hey boy you boy hey man you just chopped my head off if I'm the one I'm the number one receiver. And you're on air telling people you should have with the game. With, with, let me put this in there. With the game on the line, you should have thrown all four passes to the other guy. That's the quickest way, man, to get right on up under my skin. You have just a it, 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 what they call that when they said you can't even repair it. You can't even repair the relationship yeah, yeah. when you tell me that irrecyclable difference, whatever they call it. That's what you just did with us. <laughs> you know, you can't, you cannot do that. So, so, so all of these things he was saying. So he does like the freelance, and everybody believes. Oh, you go to New England. New England doesn't allow freelance. They want a solid. They, they they want you to do what you have to do. You got to be where you have to be. And 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 Belichick, he did it himself. He compared A B to Randy Moss. And Randy Moss did some freelance. Randy Moss took that, throw your hand up, I'm going deep, Tom Brady. He took that from throwing his hand up, I'm going deep, Dante Culpepper. When he was in Minnesota, they brought it over. And the great Belichick and the great Brady, the absolutely best at what they've ever done, they incorporated and used it. That's what they do. They take whatever you do great and incorporate it and use it. That's what makes them the greatest. It's it's incredibly well said. I mean, I, I can't disagree with any of that. And it's going to bring us right up to, you know, recapping a little week one before we get into week two of the NFL this weekend. Uh, I want to ask you more about the NFC right now than the AFC. We spent some time talking Pats and, and Steelers. But I feel like because the AFC is so top-heavy, you've got those teams, I've got a tough time balancing out who I think the top teams in the NFC are. I think Saints are an obvious one. Eagles, Rams, of course. Cowboys. Cowboys picked up where they left off. But that's the one I want to talk to you about. The Cowboys, to me, do you think that Dak Prescott, this is who this guy is now? Or was this game the exception to make up maybe for the lack of carries that Ezekiel Elliott had? Oh, Micah's going to go off for a while. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. Well, 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 no, but I'm just saying, no, no, no. And, and, and you're right in both places. Now, of course, they were going. They went to the game plan because of Ezekiel Elliott being not there a lot. But but they also needed to find out the steps that they made in the passing game by bringing the guys that they have in the passing game. Let me take you through Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott came in using Tony Romo's receivers. Remember Tony Romo got hurt? He came in. Mm-hmm. He won 13 games with Dez Bryant. Tony Romo's receivers and and, and, and went and did it. And Tony Romo received Des Bryant. Tony Romo's a gunslinger. He'll throw the ball up. Des Bryant is a great 50-50 go-getter ball catcher. And he goes and get it. They work well. You can gunsling, I can grab him. Just gunsling, I can grab him. Dak Prescott came in, won 13 games, had what a few turnovers because he's a more precise type player. In some sense, plays like Tom Brady. He likes to play the game inside out, inside out. What Dallas has done now is given him receivers that fit his skill set. They have finally found receivers that fit his skill set. Last week, week, last year, week nine, they brought in Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. When they got Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is great at transitioning in and out of routes. What a young quarterback needs is a receiver that's great at turning, coming in and out of routes. Because now I can throw the ball with his back to me, knowing he's going to come out of that route and catch that ball. Now they got him Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb and 
and, and, and Amari Cooper played quarterback prior to becoming a wide receiver. Mm. So now you got thinkers at the wide receiver position to play with the thinker you have at the quarterback position. The skill sets fit perfectly, and I think what you saw with Dak Prescott is not going is not going to be something that you only see once in a while. I think you'll see it more often. Now, Michael, after the big game beating the Giants, um, Jerry Jones stated that the Dak deal, getting a contract done, his extension is imminent. What does that actually mean? I know Jerry is like a father to you. What do you think is going to happen? Well, what Jerry will do to get this done? Well, and, and, and everybody wants to know, well, would Dak have a game like that? Did, 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 did they come back and say we want more money? No, 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 no that doesn't happen. Okay, let me just give you the parameters of how this works. Say, and trust me, I've been in those rooms with Jerry negotiating. <laughs> this dude is absolutely crazy. I'm just going to let you know he is crazy. And, 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 and in say, say Dak went in asking for $40 million. I don't know what you should. Probably, you know, he wants to reset a market. He went and asked for $40. They want to pay him 30 Now, the needle, because of Jerry Goff and Wentz, that this guy for $32, $33 million. The needle is hovering around $33, $34 million. Uh, and now, now, the numbers aren't going to move. He has a great game. The, the agents aren't going to come back and say, well, give me $44 million now. And Jerry, when he has a bad game, is not going to say, well, we'll offer $26 million now. But they say, say they're at 30 he's at 40 and that needle just hovers. Right now it's at 33 34 Guy keeps having those kinds of games that he had uh, Sunday. That needle move on up to 35, 36. Mm-hmm. If Dak has some poor games, the needle comes back on down to 33, 30. It's just a needle move right now. Every game is about moving the needle. They're not, they're not giving up new numbers. It's about moving the needle. Let me give you a quick story how Jerry, one time I was coming in, and I wanted to be the highest paid receiver. And Jerry, 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 Jerry said to me, Jerry, Jerry Rice was the highest paid at the time. He said, now, Michael, Jerry Rice got Super Bowls. I tell you what I'm gonna do. I, tell you, I can't make it high paid, but I'll put you right up under Jerry Rice, <laughs> right up under Jerry Rice, because he got some Super Bowls. Ultimately, I settled with it. I went with it. Then I came back after we had won a few Super Bowls, and Jerry tried to tell Tim Brown was the highest paid then. <laughs> and I said, I said I want to be the highest paid. He said, Well, Michael, you've earned it. You've earned it. I'm going to put you right above Tim Brown. I said, No, 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 Jerry. No, 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 no. You're not going to put me right above Tim Brown because Tim Brown doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. I do. You're going to put me way above <laughs> Tim Brown. I put it right back on Jerry. The same thing you used to hit me with before, I'm going to use to hit you with now. Give me my money, honey, and let me get out of here. That's exactly, that's exactly how those negotiations went. And you got to talk like that with Jerry. And he, and he loves it. This is his Super Bowl. Negotiating in business. That's his Super Bowl. Now he he'll do anything to get to a real Super Bowl, but but he enjoys he enjoys those things. But Jerry's so different from any other owner. A lot of owners, he's so good with his players. I mean, he loves you guys. I mean, the way he's treated you and you know Zeke and I mean you, Troy Emmett. I mean, he's different than any other owner out there. Michael, wouldn't you agree? It, absolutely. And I and I said this too, Bonnie. And you hit the nail on the head because I said if Melvin Gordon was playing for the Cowboys and Zeke Elliott was playing for the Chargers. Melvin Gordon would be in camp, and Zeke would be the one holding out. You see, Jerry will capitulate if he believes you can help him win a Super Bowl. But some other owners, they're bottom-line owners, and they're like, no, we have this number. It doesn't matter. We're not going to go over this number. Jerry has said, 
I, everything worth anything that I've had, I had to overpay for it. That's just how it works. I got to make a decision and go with it. And, and, and it cares. It matters to him. And he knows that how I treat every other guy, some guys are watching. And, and he has been great. I, I, I do. I love him to death. He's a great man. He reminds me a lot of Eddie DeBarlow. Yes, exactly. Like that, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, he reminds you a lot of those guys, man. They, they're good guys. They, 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 they're good, great owners because they really love their players. I've been fortunate enough to work for both Eddie D and Jerry. Um, okay, so, Michael, I got to talk about flashy receivers. I think you know a little bit about that. Um, so the receivers in the NFL right now, now OBJ is saying that he wants to wear this $350,000 watch. You got Antonio Brown. Why is it that that position are so much divas? Like, why is that, Michael? I mean, it kind of started what, with you. <laughs> oh, man. It started. It started long before me. And let, let me break this down for you, too. The very nature of the position. Think about it. We're out wide where we're independent. We're independently the most dependent person in the world. We're out wide where we're all out there by ourselves and we're independent, but we can't make any plays without the blocking and somebody throwing the ball to us. And we'll just be standing out wide. So we're independently dependent. And, and it, 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 that, that, it, it's, that's a dichotomy within our spirit right there already. And it flows over on everything. It's just what it is. But I tell this, I got to say this. I got to say this. Y'all can't say it. Y'all can't say it, but I can. I am a damn brother. I can say this right Adam now. can. Copes can. I can say it. I'm a, I'm a brother, Michael. I can say it. You cannot <laughs> allow Odell to wear this watch on the game because I know brothers. I'm a brother. If you allow him to wear that watch, Man, these brothers going to take this thing to a whole new level. You're going to see Rolexes out there, <laughs> PJs out there. Then sooner or later, you're going to see a big old Duke and rope and necklace. It'll be crazy. Ankle braces, everything, jewelry everywhere. The NFL has to step in and say, Odell, no, we can't do this. You are not about to brothertize the NFL. <laughs> because exactly... We saw this in the NBA for years. That's why David Stern came in and said, hey, man, we got to crack down. There's going to be a dress code. You're not going to have right. these 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 jewelry right. and things walking into it. And now, of course, it's back to a fashion show. Right, right. Because where was it going? You talking about when Allen Iverson That's was right. the yes. man. Yep, yep. When Allen Iverson was the man, we were coming cornrows, pants hanging down, looking like, man, look, dude. Dude, this is a, this is a business. It's a billion-dollar business. You can't brothertize this business. That's what, that's what Stern said. They trying to brothertize my business. They trying to take it over. I got to put a stop to this right now. Hey, I gotta, I'm, glad. I'm glad he did. It's, it's well said, man. I got to ask you about the uh, the guy who brothertized the Baltimore Ravens offense this week, and that was uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. They said they're going to run an offense like nobody's seen before, and they did. They had their big receiver. Marquise Hollywood Brown out there catching touchdowns. You're talking about guys in Antonio Brown and Moss who are out there sort of improvising in their routes, right? Running in and out of routes, doing things their own way. I feel like with a, a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you got to be open to doing that. When did you decide whether or not you were going to break a route? Well, and, and we were we, we ran a timing offense. It's brand, funny you bring that up because I'm in Carolina to do the game tonight, oh, and, and here in Carolina that that's what that's what Norv Turner has to try. But in Carolina, it's a timing offense. Just drop back, let the ball go. We don't want all of this scrambling and moving around. Let it go. You let it go, and it's up to the receiver to get to that spot. 
don't worry, you throw the spot you got to throw in, and it's up to the receiver to get to that spot. Now, what you see in, in, in Baltimore, though, it's always perspective. First game of the year, who, how do you think everybody thought they were going to come in? They thought they were going to run the ball and run it all day. And what happens, Baltimore said, no, 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 no. We coming in to show you that this kid can throw. Now, they were, they were good throws he's made, safe throws, and, and, and he made some great throws. But he caught everybody off guard. Now people will start giving him a little more respect that he can throw, and, 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 and they're going to have to make decisions. Okay, do we play the run or do we drop back and play the pass? Same thing happened in Dallas. People thought, no way, the passing game can do that. We're going to even – I got Zeke back. They got that offensive line. We're going to play the run. And it opened up some things for Dak in the passing game. Lamar Jackson, too, and I, I tell people this, one of the baddest boys in the league that we don't give enough credit to when you talk about small guys that can flat-out run is Deshaun Jackson. You saw the game he had mm-hmm. last week against Washington. Marquise Brown reminds me of Deshaun Jackson. They have track speed. They have track speed, and we get track guys and try to make them football players. These are real football players with track speed. These aren't track guys that we're trying to make football players. These are real football players with track guy speed. Marquise Brown didn't just go deep. He called a slant route. You know, he'll catch a hitch route. Like, just like Deshaun Jackson, this is, these are dangerous dudes because when they get the ball, you, you can pay if they get it in stride. You think we're going to see some of that same stuff from from Kyler Murray in Arizona, or do you think he's he's too far behind, or the the offensive line is too far behind? No, no, no. You, you'll see some of the same stuff as they continue to work on that offensive line. Uh, I, I thought, and I said I was with Kurt, you know, because Kurt can barely move, and I was talking about Larry Fitzgerald. I said Larry Fitzgerald must feel alive again to have him <laughs> a quarterback that can move for the first time. Kurt looked at me like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, Kurt. Yeah. Right, right. Because as you get older, as you get older, your legs are different now. So maybe I'm not winning on that first window. I'm not winning coming right out of the cut because I can't come in and out of cuts like I used to. So the first window closed on me. But now with Kyler Murray, he'll find a second window and possibly even a third window that will give you more opportunities. And that showed up late in that game last week when Arizona played. Because early on in that game, they, they, they didn't look good. No. But later on in that game, boy, he came around. And Larry Fitzgerald, they had a great game. And last one for you, Mike, before you go. Um, you had mentioned before that Andrew Luck is one quarterback that you wish could have thrown to you. What other quarterbacks in the last decade would you have loved to played with or, you know, throwing dimes to you or getting you in the end zone? Well, Andrew Luck's a bad man now. But, but now I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I I would I would have loved to play with Tom Brady. Yeah, that, that that's the man, and them uh, are the Peyton Mannings uh, stuff like that. Now everybody's into this new wave quarterback where we because because you know it's more about we we foregone some accuracy for more mobility in the league. We're like okay, we'll, we'll give up some accuracy for mobility. So they want the quarterback that can run. I don't want a quarterback that can run. <laughs> right. Every time. <laughs> Every time you run in with the football, you just took the you football take away from you. my head. And I can't feel I got to feed my kids, too. They need shoes. They need some shoes. They need some clothes. I got to feed my kids. If I look back and see you run, I said, this is not what I signed up for. I need you to drop back and throw. Mm-hmm. And Tom and Pay, they can't run, so they have to throw. That's who I want to play with. Sounds like maybe you want your boy Kurt Warner throwing you the ball, huh? No mobility back <laughs> there. <laughs> I'll take Kurt, too. Kurt put him in that list. Put it right in that <laughs> list, too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you taking time away. I know you're you're getting ready for the game tonight, so thank you for taking some time on the weekly pass. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks for having we'll me. We'll catch Thanks, you later, Thank you. Playmaker. He always gives you good stuff. I mean, this guy, I mean, I've seen it firsthand, how much he researched, how much he knows, plus he's got the personality. He works on his voice. Like, you got to, you know, there's a lot of people, especially here in the Bay Area, who did not like Michael Irvin, but once you get to know him, once you see how dynamic he is and personality, he's a great, great dude. Well, he's, he's got no problem guy. telling you, like, dude, I was asking Jerry for money. He gives yeah. some great insight on how Jerry goes about negotiating. And that he uh, loves it. He said it's like it's his Super Bowl. Is that what he said? Yeah, and, and it's funny, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, Jerry loves Super Bowls, too. Yeah. Whether he's hosted them or whether he's playing in them, he wants Super Bowls around the Cowboys. Uh, but the funny thing about that is, like, we hear so much about quarterbacks and receivers comparing themselves, or we, we assume they compare themselves to, mm-hmm. well, Jared Goff got this much, and Wentz got this much, so Dak should be getting this amount. They actually do negotiate like that. They're going across the board with what other dudes are getting. And he compared Jerry Jones to Eddie DeBartolo, that's a right? Good call, a player's yeah. owner, someone that's going to make sure he, at the end of the day, he's going to give them what they want. By the way, know? that's the hardest I've laughed in one of these podcasts. Isn't he done. funny? He's, he's hilarious. That's why he's so good on TV. He's hilarious. He's, and you know what? He keeps it real. And he brother ties and honest, the podcast. The brother ties? I've never heard that word. Can we use that now, Coach? Yeah, well, I can use it. He said, I, I don't know if you I, can. I yeah. can't. You can. All right. Okay, that was good. Good stuff. All right, so good stuff, of course. And we'll keep it going next week on the Weekly Pass. I'm Bonnie Jill Laughlin. I'm Adam Copeland. See ya.